What's up, Freedom Fighter? Welcome to another episode of the Money, Love, and Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Coach George Wang, helping you to sell more, serve more, and live better. And check this out. Today, there's no intro music. There's uh, no introduction in the beginning of the episode. This is just me speaking to you real talk right now. I just wanted to jump straight in and just have a conversation with you. Um, we're recording this episode pretty updated. It's um, The recording t- date is, uh, what day is today? Friday, December uh, 2nd, I think it is. Se- December 3rd. Today's Friday, December 3rd. And so this re- episode is going to release on Monday, December 6th. Um, so it's pretty... Um, almost real time, I guess you could say. And the reason why I wanted to come straight on and talk to you is because there's something new in the world, right? There's something new to be scared of. It's this crazy monster called Omicron. I'm coming to get you, right? And here's what I'm realizing now. Over the last year or so, last two years, People have been divided on a lot of things, quite a quite a few things. And one of those divisions I see is there's a lot of people who are living on one of two sides of the same coin. There's a lot of people living in fear, and there's a lot of people living in faith. And I understand in the beginning, especially when this virus, uh, you know, was just, you know, making its way into the world, that fear might have been the correct initial response because we didn't know much about it, right? Honestly, we didn't. We, Especially if you were in the, in the Western world. You know, all we knew that it was a, a virus that was, you know, ravaging parts of China. It was slowly starting to make its way around the world and all of a sudden, wow, we have the Diamond Princess cruise ship that's having this massive outbreak. And, you know, I'm from New York. I have a lot of family there. When it first got to the United States, people were dying there um, at a fast clip. And so in the beginning, it seemed bad, uh, really, really bad. But now a couple of years in, we know a lot more about it. We know that the death rate is much lower than we actually think. Think The infection rate is actually much higher than what's reporting. And people see, and, that, and that's the thing, like some people like, this really bothers me, right? Because the media loves to perpetuate fear, certain media outlets at least. And it's not like, you know, it's not like I hold anything against them per se. It annoys me for sure. But I understand because they're a for-profit business. They're in the business of selling their articles, selling their news stories. And let's be honest, fear sells. And they're a business. They do what they got to do to sell, right? So um, so nothing like personally against them, I guess, or I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe on a business sense, I have nothing against them. But I think like it just bothers me personally that everything they do, they use to perpetuate this thought of fear. And so one of those things is now we know that the infection rate is actually much lower. It's, you know, before just a couple of weeks ago, the CDC reported it was like 50, 60 million. And now all of a sudden they're like, oh, we were undercounting and very quietly without being too loud, just on their website, you can search it. The CDC now is reporting that there's around 147 or 150 million total infections, uh, which means of that, the death rate is like under half a percent or I don't, I don't remember the math. It's like under half a percent or something like that. Um, if if you look at this much, much higher uh, infection rate, but the death rate hasn't hasn't changed, right? The amount of deaths hasn't changed. And so what that means is the actual death rate, the actual severe hospitalization is much, much lower, much, much smaller. But the media doesn't want to report that part, right? They don't want to report, hey, you know what? COVID infections are much higher. But what that means is that the death rate that we thought is actually much, much lower than we were saying earlier in this. 
But that's not what they say. They just tell you the first part and perpetuate this fear. And I don't know why they do that. Like, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we had Delta, okay, and now we have Omicron, and who knows, maybe it's better, maybe it's worse. But instead of putting out this fear message right away, like, why can't we celebrate it? Like, that would be weird, right? What if we said, instead of saying Omicron, something that might hurt us all, even though it's only been around for a few days and we know nothing about it yet, but let's just put on this narrative. Why don't we instead say something like, hey, we just found a new variant. Hooray. Now we can learn something more about this virus and maybe figure out a way to, I guess my belief we're not going to beat it, but find some way to live with it now. But that's not what we did. Or at least that's not what the news did. They want to perpetuate this fear message. And so that's that's the thing I want to talk to you about today is are you living in fear? Like, are you letting this get to you? Or are you living and coming from a place of faith? Because that's the other group I find. There's another group of people who are living by faith. And that doesn't mean that the virus doesn't exist. That doesn't mean that people are still not dying. People are still not getting very sick. That those things are legitimately happening. But what it means to live in faith means that even though it happens to some people, and it's a very small, it's actually a pretty small percentage of people, I'm not willing to hold back my life for this. Especially, by the way, if you're like under 50, like your sickness rate and death rate is like just astronomically low. But I have friends who are literally in my age group, you know, mid 30s, who are fearful of doing anything, right? And so what happens when we do this? Who does it actually help? All of these things that we're doing that the media quote-unquote says is to help the average person really, really hurts. Like, really, really hurts. Because think what happens, right? When you shut down businesses, when you shut down all these things, people lose their livelihoods. People can no longer go to work. And most of the people who are losing their jobs are actually lower income people who are, you know, working at physical locations that you had to go into that are being shut down and banned and things like that. And who does it help? It helps mostly wealthy, very, very wealthy business owners, large corporations, because now all they have the resources to work with the pandemic, to shift resources online, to invest more in online infrastructure and delivery infrastructure and things like that. And now because of that, their business is booming. And that I'm actually fine with. There's nothing wrong with that. That's how America economy works. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that because now, you know, I can still get the things I need to live my life and these companies are providing it for me. But what I do have a problem with is us putting in practices that hurt people who are of lower economic status. And then we say, we pretend like we're trying to help them. Right, I love I love what the media is doing, right? We, say, we act like we're trying to help them, but all we're doing is hurting them. For instance, you know, this this Omicron variant came out of um South Africa. And the first what is, what's the first thing we do? We shut down all travel to South Africa. Poor country, shut it down. Right? Let's not allow any business to travel between these two countries. And what does that do? Number one, they were very, very good about sequencing, right? They were a very, very good country about sequencing all the virus um uh, variants that were coming through or, or all the all the active infections. And then they found something of concern and they were being good Samaritans and reported it to the world. And now all of a sudden we say, hey, thank you for being good Samaritan. Now we're going to shun you. Does that seem fair? 
And now think about what happens in the future. Because we're punishing this country that's poor, and now we're going to make them probably even more poor because they can't exchange with most of the Western world. What's going to happen when the next country finds a variant? Do you think they're going to say, hey, you know what, everybody, WHO, rest of the world, we found another variant of concern and it's spreading like wildfire here, so we want to let you all know about it so we can start to plan together. Or is it possible, at least possible, that they might hold back that information and say, you know what, I saw what happened in South Africa and now the country's doing terrible because they're losing a lot of economic output because they said something. Maybe we should be quiet. Maybe we should not say anything. What happens then? I don't know. I really, I really don't know. I'm this. This is an honest question I'm posing to you. Like, what happens if that if that happens? So, here's the thing: when we live in this state of fear, it's hurting a lot of people. Not not with intention, right? Because I know the the idea is that we want to protect the people in other countries, but we're hurting a lot of people in the process, especially over something we don't know anything about. I actually just saw something that came out saying, "Hey, Omicron actually might not be as severe, right?" The scientists in um, uh, South Africa are finding that it's actually creating lower instances of severe illness. So maybe it's not even that bad. But we make these decisions without knowing anything about it. And so, like, why do we have fear? Like, why, why do we have these fears? You know, babies, when we're all first born as babies, we only have two inherent fears. That's the fear of loud noises and the fear of falling. Later in life, we start to develop the fear of the unknown, the fear of change. And it's this fear of the unknown that really holds us back the most in life. Because the truth is, it is unknown. If somebody comes up to me and puts a gun to my head and says, give me all your money or I'm going to shoot you in the face, then I have a legitimate, legitimate fear because this is something that is known to me. There's a robber. He's got a gun in my face. He wants my money. That's a real fear that that I should be scared of and act appropriately. The unknown is different because there are so many things that are unknown in this world. And are we going to be fearful and scared of all of them? Think about that for a second. The next time you get in your car and drive, I want you to recognize the fact that it is 100% unknown if somebody is going to be driving in the opposite direction of you on the same street who is drunk. That's 100% unknown. Will that stop you from driving your car? Here's the deal. This fear of the unknown will stunt all of your positive growth in life. Imagine if you actually decided because somebody might be drinking and driving that I better not drive ever in my life. It's fine if you're in New York City, but not good if you live in most of the other most of the rest of the country where we mostly commute by car. So fearing this unknown is one of those things that we can't entirely quantify. You know, it's not like we did studies on this. 
But I'm just thinking out loud. I think that it's going to stop most people from doing what they want to do in life, right? The, and this, and then now, if we if we spread this out even farther, think about the big goals you have in your life. Think about all the things you want to do that you have not done yet. Why not? It's because of a fear of the unknown, isn't it? I don't know if I'm going to fail, but also there's another fear: is I don't know if I'm going to succeed because if I do succeed. I don't know what's on the other side. How does my life change? Do I lose my current friends? Do I gain new friends? Like what happens on the other side of this if I actually succeed? And that holds us back. So that's at the root of this, right? The root of all this is the fear of the unknown. And I'm going to call for you to be brave in front of this fear. I'm not saying don't abolish this fear. I'm saying be brave, be courageous. If there's something you want to go after, some goal you have, something you want to do in life, whatever it is, but you're fearful of the not knowing their side, step into that and have some courage in the face of this fear. And you do that by having faith. You know, almost two years have gone by since this pandemic has started. A lot of us have been gone back into living semi-normal lives, but a lot of us are still pretty even segregated in those in those normal lives. What could you have done? What could you have, of course, you know, different cities, different states have different restrictions. I totally get that. But aside from that, what things could you have done? What goals could you have accomplished? Where could you have gone in life? If this didn't hold you back, if you didn't have some type of fear of the unknown holding you back, especially over the last two years, right? A lot of us, a lot of people have changed a lot of patterns in the last two years. But what if instead you had faith? Whether that faith is in a higher power or it could be faith in yourself, doesn't matter. But what if instead you had faith? And you said, you know what? I don't know what's on the other side of this. Like, I don't know what it's going to be like. I don't know what success is like. I don't know what the failure is like. But damn it, I've got faith. I've got faith in God. I've got faith in the universe. I've got faith in myself that no matter what, I can make it through and it will be beautiful on the other side or I will make it beautiful on that side. Tony Robbins is somebody I highly respect, highly admire. And during, you know, if, if you know anything about his business, um, his business is centered around doing large events in person, I'm talking 10,000, 15,000 people. Some of the smaller events are like 4,000, uh, but we're talking about 4,000, like 20,000 attendants at each of his events. Boom. Pandemic happens. Everything shuts down. So a lot of people living in fear would say, hey, I don't know what to do now. I'm going to stop. I'm going to freeze. Like, this is too scary. I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm fear of the unknown and, and they'll just freeze. And you know what? Tony Robbins could freeze for many, many lifetimes and still live a very, very good life, right? Uh, he's doing quite well for himself. But that's not what he did because he's a mission-driven person who relies on faith. And he said, you know what? I don't know what's going to be on the other side of this. I don't know if in six months, a year, we're going to be open back up and doing live events. I don't know. But I do know right now that I'm not able to go out and reach people. I'm not able to go out and help people. And he said, you know what? I cannot do that. I cannot do that. I must have the faith 
to go out and find a way to do that. Even if I don't know how it's going to happen, I have to have faith that I will find the way. And that's what he did. He went around, you know, consulting with all kinds of people about how to put on a real virtual event that actually would make people feel like they're immersed in an experience with other people. They tested it a bunch of times. And within, I think it was like six months. I mean, this is super quick. Six months of the after the pandemic happening, you know, he ran an event with like 15,000 people online and everyone like loved it. They all felt like they were in and like in a room with people. Um, he had this huge stage built up where you could see like hundreds of people's of zoom faces all at once. And they were like blown up on, in real time and, and like full size. And it was just, uh, I, I went to one of these events and you could just feel the energy that that was created from this, but that wouldn't have happened if he lived in fear. It wouldn't have. You know, I'm 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 Asian. I'm Chinese. Um, I guess you could figure that out by my name, Coach George Wang. If you haven't seen the picture uh, on the um, uh, the podcast cover art, um, but even in the Asian community, there's a lot of fear right now too over you know uh, fear over Asian hate. And I get it, right? I'm I'm in uh, where I live right now. There's a lot of Asian people, and I think we have one of the highest rates of you know Asian violence, mostly because there's a lot of Asian people here. So it's just a, it's just a numbers game, right? Um, but same thing that that fear is perpetuating everywhere around me, and I have young, healthy, able-bodied, you know, thirty-something-year-olds fearful to walk the streets in a mostly Asian neighborhood. I mean, if you think about it, there's millions of Asian people here, and we hear about the one person out of every million that gets into some kind of altercation, but that fear stops people from moving on and keeps people at home. And don't get me wrong, it's terrible if something like that happens to you. I'm not condoning any bad experiences or saying that's okay. I'm not that, not saying that at all. Please, please do not think that, okay? I also recognize that, you know, whether when, whenever time we're living in, there's always going to be some type of hate. There's always going to be some type of anger towards some group. There's always going to be violence. I would love to say that one day we'll live in a, in a nirvana where that isn't true, but probably not the case. Never have lived like that, at least in the past. Over thousands of years of human civilization. Why would we change now? So, instead of living in this fear, get out there and live your life. Follow the laws. I'm not saying, you know, go break the laws and like, if you live in like a highly masked state or whatever, to go up there and just start running up and down the hallways, halls of a store without your mask yelling and screaming. I'm not saying that at all. Uh, but I'm saying figure out a way to live your life. Live in faith. Faith in God, faith in yourself, faith that this world will be okay on the other side because here's the scariest thing to me. Because more than the fear of the unknown is the fear I have that I'm going to look back on my life and say, hey, you know what? I lost time. I lost years. I lost the years of time with my family years of time with my friends, years of time working towards my goals. And that to me is scary because I know, here's the one thing I know. Here's the one thing I know for sure. We're all going to die one day. It's scary. It's, it's, not, it's not a pleasant thought. It's something that most of us don't like to think about, but it's the truth. We're all here, as far as we know, one time for this life, at least all you're going to remember. And so the question I have is, what do you want to be thinking about on your deathbed? When you're looking back over the years, do you want to think, hey, you know, I spent, 
you know, the middle part of my 30s just locked up in a home, you know, because of this because coronavirus, which actually turned out to be nothing. Or maybe it was something. I don't know. I can tell you it seems to be a lot. So far, it seems to be much, 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 infinitely millions of times less dangerous, less deadly than the Spanish flu of the 1918s to the 1920s. Not even a comparison. And they turned out just fine, that generation. So my guess is that, yes, this is a horrible time. I, I'm not downplaying that at all. But my guess is that as a civilization, we'll come out on the other side of this okay. And so I think about that and I think, am I going to look back and think, you know what? I missed out on these years. It wasn't worth it. I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, this episode was kind of like an impromptu episode. I have no notes. I'm just literally speaking to you from the heart right now because there's been a lot of fear perpetuated in our country for a long time. And all I know is that fear of the unknown will hold you back. You're a freedom fighter. I know that's not what you want for your life. I know you want it all. You want the money. You want the love. You want the freedom of time that comes with all of it. You want to live a beautiful life. And I can tell you one thing, a beautiful life does not come from living in fear. So live your beautiful life and live a life of freedom on your terms. Thank you so much for listening to me ramble this episode. I really just wanted to have a conversation with you. I really appreciate you so much for being such a dedicated listener to this show. We will be back next week with an all new episode. Take care.